0: On today's episode, we kick things off with two music quizzes by Peter, we discuss Herbie Hancock's Headhunters album in the main discussion, and Barrio chooses a topic for our next episode, Superliminal. Hello, and welcome to The Culture Quest. We are But Humble Adventurers, and today we're learning a thing or two about Groove, with me, as always, are Peter. Hello. And Baru. Howdy. And I am Inan. Thank you, the listeners at home, for taking part in our noble quest. Today we're discussing Herbie Hancock's 1973 Headhunters album, which is an important album in the jazz-funk fusion genre. But before we do that, here's another go at our yet-to-be-officially-named Quizzes and Games segment.
1: Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I went with a new thing. <laughs> so, I've got two little quizzes that I wanted to um, to quiz you on. One, I'm expecting some high marks. It's out of 12, and I, I think the pass mark should be 8. So, if you get 8 out of 12, then you guys are certified. But there's another one which I think is going to be pretty difficult, and I think if you can get 1 out of 10... Then you pass that one. Well, what one do you want to do first?
0: Barry? do you want to start with the easy one? Yeah, let's get our... Okay, let's start with the easy one. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Okay. So the easy one. I wanted to go back 50 years and um, discover what were the top albums during that year. Okay. So, as you know, the Billboard, which... Billboard is sort of like an organisation, and not just a big billboard. I thought so. <laughs> Physical billboard. <laughs> yeah, they always say like top of the billboard. I'm like, Man, I should go visit that. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so going back fifty years now, we're in 2022. Basically, I'm going to tell you the album name, but I want you to tell me the artist. Okay, I can tell you when it was. Also, in the the, the top album. Um, which would consist of sort of like a few dates because they do it on a weekly basis. Yeah. So some held it for quite a few weeks. So, um, but yeah, do you want me to start in sort of um, chronological order throughout the year? Yeah, let's do this. Okay, so this is an artist we've definitely talked about on the uh, on the podcast and is definitely a favorite. But um, I don't think we've discussed this particular album before. So the album is called Music. I think. I th- I have a guess.
0: Hmm, I know. Oh, you do. All right. So, what do you think it is? Ah, uh, see ya. Okay. R- remember,
1: released nineteen seventy two. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> oh,
1: hmm.
0: I I would go. I- I'm feeling either Stevie Wonder or Queen. But Jeez, I'm not sure. That, that's the easy one.
1: Want, <laughs> um I think we should do. I think we should do one sort of extra clue per round, if if you want. Yeah. Um, I can give it to you at the start or I can sort of. Uh, no, uh, we'll, we'll I ask for, for the clue. it in there if you're struggling. We'll, we'll ask for the clue. Okay.
0: So now, uh, yeah, you can give us a clue for, for this one, though.
1: Um, okay. So the clue is um, the artist is a solo female singer, songwriter, and she's still active.
0: Hmm. So could be Joni Mitchell. Could be. What other female artists we've talked about who are from the 70s? We haven't mentioned Carol King on the podcast a lot. Well, the only thing I can think about is Joni Mitchell. Barry, are you okay with that? Yeah. I don't remember if she has an album called Music, but she, she she's the type of person I can see releasing an album with
1: such a general name. Okay, so the answer was, one that you did mention, uh, Carol King. Oh, so, really?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, we have mentioned her on the podcast, but uh, not all that much. I might have oversold that. Oh, yeah. So, zero from one so far. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I I think you'll have a boost of motivation in this one. So, um, (laughs) that one was um, at the top of the billboard um, from 1st of Jan to uh, 15th of Jan. So, a couple of weeks. But this one was on there for six weeks. Mm -hmm. And the album is called American Pie.
0: American Pie. I know this one, Barrio. Don. Yeah? McClink. Don McLean is it? Is it Don McLean? Peter? It's Don McLean. Yes. Yes. yes.
1: So, um, so he's still he is also another person that still performs. I love that album. The next one, uh, again, only there for three weeks, but they do say this was the best performing album of the year. Okay. So this this one is called Harvest. Mm,
0: I know this one. Hmm. No, no, do you know them? No, no. Do you have a guess? No. It's a solo artist, which. We've covered an album of the band he played in. Correct. And the band is Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. It's a one in
1: four. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think Harvest is a Neil Young album.
1: Correct, yes. Harvest is a Neil Young
0: So two for three. Uh,
1: one of the best ones as well. I think that's one of his most popular yeah. albums. Yeah,
0: I think it is. Um,
1: the next one, I've got to be careful about clues here, but um, <laughs> the next one was there for five weeks. So okay. So quite popular, almost up there with American Pie. The next one is... Titled America, just America, just America. Whew,
0: America. Maybe it's an uh, Elvis Presley album, or maybe I don't know what years Bruce Springsteen was active. Maybe it's a Bruce Springsteen album. Um, bar do you want to take a clue?
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> Give us a hint, fitter. The the hint. I've got to be careful again. The hint is the album name reflects the band.
2: Hmm reflects the band Correct. the band name is america as well
1: i'll give it to you yes the band name is america really yeah and so it's a self-titled which i hadn't heard of before today i'm not sure if you've heard of the band america again this seems like another band that's actually active still today i don't think i've
0: heard about them yeah
1: they just received their um star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, 2012. Ah,
0: well done, Barrio, with that
1: guess. <laughs> We're three for four. <laughs> I was trying to veil it a little bit, but um, that was
0: a that was a strong clue. Do they have like a, a big hit,
1: I might know. Let me. Uh, I will. That. I will say
0: that. Oh, a horse with no name. Yeah. Mm. So I'll, okay. I'll say now that's that
1: actually not the only self-titled album of this. Okay.
0: List. Oh yeah, that's good to know.
1: So you're on. Three out of four. So, so far so good. good. The next one is called First Take. First Take. Uh, Where do you
0: find think? these things? That <laughs> <It does> sound <laughs> familiar, but I don't I don't think I'm thinking about a band who probably never hit the billboard, so probably doesn't make any sense. Can we get a hint?
1: Sure. So this is a solo artist known for hits such as The First Time I Ever Saw Your Face. Killing Me Softly with his song and Feel Like Making Love.
0: Maybe, maybe it's the Bee Gees. I'm I'm thinking Elton John. I don't know if it's too early or too late for his career because I don't know anything about him really, but that's the only thing that I'm at all confident about. What do you think? go for it, I, I really have <laughs> no idea. Let's
1: go with Elton John. Yeah. Well, I can say Elton John is on this list, but it's not this. Oh. Unfortunately. Whop, whop,
2: whop. Okay.
1: Who is it? Um, so this one, this one is by Roberta Flack, which also I hadn't heard of. Roberta um, Flack. And just to, just to complete it, she's still active, which is good. There must be a theme with this, with this list. So she was the first artist to win a Grammy Award for the Record of the Year in two consecutive years. The song I mentioned the first time I ever saw your face, one in '73. Killing Me Softly, one in '74. And the only other artist to do it uh, is U2, which we don't like, and Billie Eilish, which we don't know. So. Oh, uh-huh. I used
0: to listen to that album. You know, a couple of years ago, when I was like, when I just got the dog, Washington, my dog. I used to listen to this album, and I liked it a lot. And and that name did ring a bell now, but man, I forgot about her.
1: All right, so you've got a couple clues already for the other yeah. songs. Remember. This one is my um, my favorite album name of this list, and this one is called "Thick as a Brick."
0: Okay, so the two clues we do have are: there are a few more, or at least one more, self titled, which I don't think this one is, and there's an Elton John on this list. Uh, so, "Thick as a Brick." Bird, does this ring any bell? Do you know this, the the album name? Nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty useless in this game. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with Elton
1: John. <laughs> is that your final guess?
0: Uh, unless Barrio has any objections. Nope.
1: Elton John. Fortunately, it is not Elton ah, John. It's an ah. artist that I, it's an artist I actually do quite like. Uh, it's Jethro Tull. Oh, Jethro Tull. I should get into them a bit more. Uh, my clue for Jethro Tull was actually... Well, I had two because my first clue I liked, but I wasn't sure I hadn't listened to enough, so I'm not sure if it's totally accurate, but they use a lot of whistles in their songs. Mm-hmm. Would that be fair of Jethro Tile? Yeah. A lot of sort of wind instruments? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what always separated Jethro Tile from a lot of the other things. Yeah,
0: me. there's all kinds of flutes and whistles and stuff like that, yeah.
1: So uh, we're uh, three out of six, halfway three there. Three out of six. Yeah. So the next one's Bon Jovi. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> The next one is my favorite album off the list, and this one is called Exile on Main Street.
0: Oh, yeah. I know this one. Mostly from talking about it with you, Peter.
1: Yeah, I'm a big, big, big advocate for this um, this album. I think it's their best album. It's a double album, which I always find the double albums are some of the best albums.
0: So it's an album that Peter mentions every once in a while. Barrett, do you want to take a guess before I say the
1: answer? Again, useless. <laughs> Go These ahead. These are <laughs> the Rolling Stones. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. So, yeah, I, I play this probably every week. We're four for seven. Four for seven. We can make it up. Yeah. The next one is called Honky Chateau. Or Honky chateau. Chateau.
0: Honky Chateau.
1: It's the French spelling of Chateau.
0: Yeah, obviously. <laughs>
1: Can we get a hint
0: sure we're very generous with hints on these games
1: okay the hint is this person is a sir so this might be sir elton john <laughs> this one is elton John. Yes. So this is his fifth album no, but that
2: means that we can't use it again <laughs> And
1: i bet if you would recognize the album cover if you saw it i just see it everywhere it's a super popular cover but the name itself is doesn't ring a bell to me. So um, Never heard that although I'm name. not the biggest Elton John fan, although I'll, I'll admit the Rocket Man is just a fantastic song.
0: Mm, gotcha. Uh,
1: five for eight. Okay, so the next one, and this one was on the charts for a whopping, let me confirm, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Oof. weeks. Wow. Um, one of my dad's favorite bands. This one is called Chicago Five. Um, written as Chicago V.
0: Hmm. Classic rock kind of thing? Potentially. I'm thinking Eurya Hip or Deep Purple or I don't know. Give us a hint.
1: The hint is review previous clues.
0: That's the hint. Oh okay, So this might be a self-titled one. I think we're going to go with Chicago. If that's the name of a band at all.
1: That is correct. Yes. That is the name of the band. Nice. Great hint, Peter. So, every time me and dad go out to hunt for some records, or he hunts for records, I hunt for um, Shot of Love by Bob Dylan, if anyone has it. <laughs> for Shot of Love. I got from your dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Good. good comedy. Yeah. Um, So, and he always wants to find Chicago. Um, They're not the most popular band, but they they are noted. um, Really? You know, for a few things. Um, So, Chicago V or Chicago 5 is their fourth studio (laughs) album. Yeah, because they released a box set of sort of live albums and stuff like that. So, So we're six Um, out of nine. Six out of nine. Uh, The next album... It's called Superfly, so that's two words: Super and Fly. I've heard I about this. this.
0: Yeah, Superfly. It has to be something a bit more
1: like uh, funky or jazzy, or, uh, uh, or I'll give you that soul R and B funk, almost.
0: Maybe Isaac Hayes. Um, who was a big soul R and B artist back then? Maybe that's uh, what's his name? Um, Stevie Wonder. Uh, I'm I'm willing to go with Stevie Wonder, but. I'm not exactly sure. It sounds familiar, but I don't know. Let's go with Stevie Wonder.
1: Let's go with Stevie Wonder. It's not a terrible guess. Um Thank you. But this one is Curtis Mayfield. <laughs> Curtis Mayfield. Ever heard of Curtis Mayfield?
0: I was kind of trying to remember that name because I definitely heard about him, but no, I couldn't. I wouldn't have come up with it.
1: Yeah, he 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 was in the news in the '90s. Because he was paralysed actually when um, some equipment fell on him during a live performance. Mm, that's um, awful. But he he did continue his um his career for a few more years. Um, he died in 1999 though. Mm, gotcha. So, so we're six out of ten, which means that we need t- to get both of these last ones. Yeah,
0: we we have to get these last
1: two ones. Oh yeah, good. I'm happy with the bar I set. Actually, this is it's this is quite good. The next one is called Catch Bull at Four. I don't know. I don't. I don't even have like a
0: direction. Give us a hint. Okay. Uh,
1: this person changed his name and retired, um, for quite a long period, um, from recording music and has recently, uh, reemerged and released an album. Hmm. I loved how I said this person changed his name. Like (laughs) I was clearly trying to like hide the identity and then I just, just cucked it. So someone from the seventies who changed his name, Retired
0: and disappeared for a while. Oh. hmm. artist formerly known as Prince? I also thought that way, but I think Prince is from the 80s. So 1972 doesn't make sense. But there's someone, what's his name? Cat Stevens, I think. I know he changed his name. I'm not sure if he uh, disappeared for a while, but I know he released a new version of his older albums or or one of his albums recently. I think we could go with Cat Stevens or Yusuf Islam. Correct. Yeah. Yes.
1: So Cat Stevens changed his name to Yusuf um, Islam and gave up music for a, quite a long time. His album from 1970 called Tea for the Tillerman. Yeah, that's the one I know. He now re- released a new version of him singing it um, in 2020 called Tea for the Tillerman 2 or Tea for the Tillerman squared, depending on sort of, you know, how you read it. It's a fantastic album. All right, so this one is for uh for everything number twelve. Mm. This one is for everything.
2: You got it, you none. Know, you got it. Come on. <laughs> so this
1: one is called Seventh Saw John. Oh my god.
0: None. Mm. Come on. Uh, I'm 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 going to need a hint, but I, I've definitely heard of this album. G- give me anything. Give me something to work with.
1: Okay, I'm gonna give you a. I'm gonna give you this hint. All right? I'm gonna tell you the names of the band members. Okay. I'm going to say the keyboardist is Mike Pinder. The multi-instrumentalist, they say, is Ray Thomas. Guitarist is Denny Lane. I know this. Drummer, Graham Edge. And bassist, Clint Warwick.
0: I know this one. Denny Lane. Danny Lane is from, oh my God, what's her name? They're, they're the band with, I know Danny Lane was in Winx, but it's not the, the main band he played in. He played in, man, what's her name? The band that did uh, The Days of Past Something, A uh, Future Past. Um... That was X-Men, but good try. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know it. The Moody Blues. Correct. Yes. Whoa! You got eight out of 12 on. The Moody Blues. Well done, sir. <laughs> I think that was a fair clue as well, because you could easily hear four names you've never heard of yeah. and not get it. But that was just... That was perfect. But
0: man, we got 8 out of 12. We 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 did it, Mario, mostly. Very good job. <laughs> well <yeah>. done, none. <laughs> I helped with nothing and I'm proud of it. Now let's do the the hard quiz. <laughs> okay, so the this hard This is a quiz one. where one
1: question, one one correct answer gets us a win, right? <laughs> yes, and and we can stop after you get the correct answer. And I'll tell you why you might want to do that. It's because we are going to listen to the top ten of Apple Music's global sort of streaming list for today. So this is updated every single day. No way. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give you the track name, and you're going to have to tell me who on earth has penned or performed this um, this track. Okay. So you've got ten, and you need to get one. I will allow you to have three requests to listen to the track. Okay. Now I'm I, because I'm not um, how shall we say enveloped. In the top 10 list, you know, these aren't my favorite tracks. I don't know if there's going to be a Jason Derulo here who will say his name (laughs) before every track. I'm hoping not. So yeah, let's just, let's just, you know, otherwise we'll have to extend it to 11 or something like that. But um, yeah, yeah, I would just hate it for it to start 50 cents and then then it's all over, you know? So let's just hope. I'm feeling
0: really unconfident.
1: Uh, that's a okay, good start. So yeah. <laughs> um, this the first one is called Pushin P. So that's lowercase pushin <laughs> without the G and a capital P. This is the lamest podcast, isn't it? <laughs> oh, just thinking of like some people doing like daily music vlogs and stuff and we're having to like specify like lowercase P, you know, it's just, yeah, you know, I'm sure there's a few people around the world who just, you know, can't handle it, but, um, you know, we're, we're trying to cater to all tastes here. Yeah. So I'm sorry, pushing if you're, if, uh, sorry, not pushing. That's somebody's of these Sorry. I'm sorry, this person, if you're listening to the podcast, you know, we'll just send an email. We'll listen to an album. So. <laughs> So Pushin' P. I'm open to any theories of what that means as well, by the
0: way. Doesn't sound at all familiar. Uh, I think we're going to have to listen to the song.
1: (laughs) Okay, you want to use this one? Yes. All right. (laughs) He's going to say his name. (laughs) I feel like he's going to say his name
0: in a paddock in my piece I'll push a pee cop new hammers for my pee we don't want no peace. <laughs> this is not the music I usually we'll listen to
2: what are they singing about? about pushing peas in their on their in their plate?
0: <laughs> pushing peas. she turned
2: pees me I'll push a
0: Capital right, I I have a guess.
2: Is this a real song or is this a parody?
0: It kind of sounds like something <laughs> this from song. South Park.
1: <laughs> this is a real song? Wait, is this number 1 on today's like playlist? Num- this is the This is the most popular song on Earth right now. This, this is one. wild. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh my god. It's no band on the rat, is it? <laughs> Oh God! I knew we were going to be fair. Try to be fair,
0: but like, <laughs> I'm going to guess. And uh, Baro, let me know if it's okay with you. How about Kanye West? It's the only way. It's the only name I can come no. up with. That it's for sure not Kanye West. For sure. Uh, it's, yeah, it's for sure. yeah. But you have it's
1: anything, sure anything not, else? <laughs> um, oh, so far, so maybe, maybe it's best. self-titled.
0: Maybe the artist is pushing P as well. <laughs>
1: Oh, I love the uh, uh, I love the I love the like the idea like just absolutely nothing left in the tank. <laughs> just go for it. Just stop it. Oh just stop the God. music. Oh Elton John. It's Elton John. Yeah. Elton John. Is it Elton John? <laughs> yeah, this is actually his new version of um, Rocket Man. Yeah, Rocket yeah. Man. Alright, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm I'm marking this as wrong. Okay. What's the answer? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, anyway. So this one actually does have a featurette on it, but the artist is called Gunner. Gunner. So G U N N A. Never heard U- H- His uh, his feature on this is called Young Thug. I I can only assume Young Thug is there for tax reasons. But, uh... <laughs> so we have two two plays left, right? Yes, we have two plays okay. left. Okay. We're going to have to be smart about those. Okay, so this one has a featurette as well, and this one you can love the name. This. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez. Okay, so this one is capital P, lowercase power. You know, capital P, but power is lowercase P. So, so far, all words have started with a P. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing P. Oh,
0: right, so this doesn't even sound familiar to me. I'm willing to skip this one instead of listening to it because uh, I don't want to waste my uh, our lessons on this one. I, I, I'm I'm not going to skip it. I'm going to give you a guess. Uh, let's go with. Elton John? No, uh, Billy
1: Eilish. This one is not Billy Eilish. I'll tell you the answer. the The answer is, is again Gunner. Huh. Oh, really? Yeah, I was, I was wondering. I was trying to be really coy about it, but uh, I was wondering if you guys would make the connection with the P and yeah. So the the featurette you might know or might have heard of. I I, I certainly have heard of him. Uh, his name is Drake. Yeah, I heard the name. Yeah, mm. cool. So the next one has a name. Which is just grammatically correct. So this <laughs> this is good. this one is called Super Gremlin. So Super Space Gremlin. Is there a chance we'll get it, like at all? Is this a name we know? <laughs> um, I, I will give you a chance. Okay. With a um. Oh boy! I've, so I've just googled it, and it says rapper was not having sex at a hockey game in dot dot dot. Say so let's. It's just controversy everywhere. Anyway, <laughs> so this um. <laughs> So the this person has two names. The first name is a brand of camera. Okay. And his last name is a color.
0: Um, Sony, Canon, Kodak, um, Samsung has cameras. Um, Barry, can you come up with any other camera brands? Uh, <laughs> Fuji. Fuji, Fuji could be it.
1: <laughs> I don't think we know this one. Panasonic <laughs> or Olympus, maybe. Let's guess. Canon Blue. Um, his name <laughs> is not Canon Blue. It's Kodak Black.
0: Yeah. Kodak Black. <laughs> I
1: heard about him?
0: Really? Yeah. I, I would, never would have guessed. There's an artist called Kodak Black. <laughs> like, if there was any chance with those hints that you know it'd be something we know, we would listen to the song. But there's no. There, mm. there wasn't a chance here.
1: Anyway, so the next song. It's called hours and hours. Except hours, in both cases, is spelt uh capital H R S. Hours and hours. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the capital. So on him for that. I'm borderline a fan. Also, I did say on him, but I I can't. Yeah, but it might not. It, it's it's actually I'll just say it, it's not a him. Oh really? I just um. Yeah. So this could be Billie Eilish.
0: What other female artists are active now? I know Rihanna hasn't put out music in a while. Give us a hint. Peter.
1: So she s- performs under a um, pseudonym and writes songs for a lot of other people. So she writes, um, you know, tracks for like Selena Gomez, hmm. um, Ariana Grande. Yeah, I guess nothing. Uh, let's say Sia.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah, probably not. Uh, Barry, if you can't come up with anything else, uh, that's what I'm going
1: to go with. I really have no idea. Um, so her name is uh, Priscilla Renier, um, also known as Mooney Long. Never
0: heard of any
1: of those names. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's actually a success story, I think, because she was um, one of those people that I think she was working in the in the doldrums of like the writing office or something like that. Mm. And then she's released her own music now and stuff like that. So I think it is actually quite inspiring that she's... Uh, breaking
0: out. I, I haven't heard of any other names we've mentioned so far. Barrio, you know this last one. So maybe this one is, uh, maybe this is your time to shine.
1: You <laughs> only need one. So, like, don't yeah, be disheartened. Yeah, we only need one. Don't be disheartened. Let's do this. So the next one is called 25K Jacket. So 25 with the numerals K lowercase and lowercase for jacket. 25K Jacket. And this one does have a featurette as well.
0: Oh, so far, every time there was a featurette, the main artist was Gunna, so I wouldn't mind going with Gunna again. <laughs> um, but also, I think like Taylor Swift put out an album recently, hasn't she? And maybe I don't know, maybe maybe she's still like top of the charts and everything. I don't know. Bird, do you have anything? Mm. Let me guess. No.
2: No. <laughs> I can Google
0: it if you want. <laughs> Let's go with
1: Gunna. <laughs> okay. This one is by Gunner. My f- this one what? is by Gunner. So Gunner has out of the out of the top ten, <laughs> Gunner has five. And
0: oh my technically, God, did we won, did, Holy
1: crap! <laughs> we beat your little game. Yeah, you did. So that, yeah, twenty-five K jacket is by Gunner. It's really in the name, isn't it? The lowercase, case. Yeah. The feature air. You know. The feature is um, with someone called Lil Baby. So L I L Baby. So the, the next one after that. Again, is a gunner. My god, song. and that one is featuring Kodak Black, so there's <laughs> obviously that would have been interesting. Then, after that, there's an All Capitals Stay, and then there's a few by The Weeknd. Uh, The Weeknd doesn't have a lot in the top 10, just has the one called Sacrifice. But um, if you scroll down, the, the, the album cover kind of comes up a lot. The one that I was thinking you guys might get as a Hail Mary at number nine was a song called Easy on Me. I'm not sure if you guys knew that one. Nope. Um, so that one was by Adele. Oh. So I think, here's the thing. I think if you saved up your listens for later and you heard Easy On Me, I think you would have had a chance at that. So the stars had to align a little bit, but it was, it was a chance. Um, and that was the only non-explicit song. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. (laughs) Times, times have changed. So, you know, we have an explicit podcast, so that's okay. And, um. The last <laughs> one is uh, one of my favorite names. is called a lot of cake. The <laughs> the cake. <laughs> a but. lot of cake. Actually, pushing P. Pushing P might be my favorite. Actually, that one just evokes feelings. Pushin' P. It? It's um. Everyone feels like they're pushing P at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're bad with contemporary music. <laughs> yeah, we're not the best. We're not the best. No. no Should we jump awful. back where we're comfortable? Back to seventy <laughs> three.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's go back to. To music, we have something to say about, we've heard before. <laughs> so, Headhunters is Herbie Hancock's 12th album or so. Uh, it depends on where you look. Uh, it came out in 1973. Hancock's first album came out in 1962, so um, between the first one and this one, he basically released an album a year on average. I've listened to and read a bit about his earlier albums, and, you know, they're more jazz in terms of style. Uh, in some places, they're referred to as hard bop. So the the one we listened to, which is a bit more funky, a bit more fusion-y, that, that, that came later. Like, his, his few albums that came out just before Headhunters between 71 and 73 were kind of experimental albums, and Hancock, uh, he was trying to find a new style to play, and according to a quote, he felt as if he spent a lot of time exploring like the the upper atmosphere of music and he wanted to explore the earth in his next album. He said that he played a lot of heavy music and he wanted to play something lighter. And for Headhunters, uh, he assembled a new band called The Headhunters, which featured Herbie on the synthesizer and keyboards, Paul Jackson on bass, Harvey Mason on drums, Benny Maupin on saxophones, and Bill Summers on a bunch of instruments, mainly percussion stuff. And the album went for a much more funky style than before, fused with a lot of influences from Herbie's jazz roots, and the album became very popular among a wide audience. It's considered to be the album that started the jazz-funk fusion movement. Uh, Herbie recorded a few more albums with the Headhunters after this one, if you want to look them up. And this one, Headhunters, this album is... It's 45 minutes long, but it's only comprised of four songs. Uh, There's Chameleon, which opens the album. It's kind of a very funky track. You know, it has this very punchy, very sharp sound. It's 15 minutes and 44 seconds long. Um, There's Watermelon Man, which is a very relaxed, cool track. There, th- this is the only song on the album that wasn't written for, for this album specifically. It actually appeared on Herbie's debut album, and a new version of it appears on Headhunters. It's the shortest song on the track at six and a half minutes. Uh, there's Sly, which is another kind of cool and relaxed tune. Uh has a few more upbeat parts, and it's uh, 10 minutes and 20 seconds
1: long. Very upbeat parts, yeah. actually. Quite intense.
0: And in lastly, there's Vein Melter, <laughs> which sounds... Uh, the most like a death metal song but it's actually the quietest track on the album it kind of feels like it is yeah. a, a bit of introspective a bit brooding kind of song mm. it's nine minutes long nine minutes and ten seconds long and the the, the album created kind of a connection between a few different genres um, it got a lot of fans of jazz to get into funk and R&B and stuff and also the other way around and musicians who, who play all sorts of styles have mentioned Headhunters as an inspiration The album actually did not appear in Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums list until its last update in 2020, which then
1: it popped in at 254. I I think, um, was it not in the original? I thought it was in the, I thought it was like very laid in, maybe not. As far as I've read, just
0: before they made the original list on the internet, they released it as a book. And on that book, it. it came in at 498, but the list on the internet was a bit different. The, the list on their website was a bit different. So,
1: ah, yeah. That was a test. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and also, no, the, the album was added to the National Recording Registry by the Library of Congress, who, as we know, collects culturally, historically, or aesthetically important recordings. So, Headhunters is a bit different to other things we've listened to on this podcast. And yeah, how was your experience with the album? Uh, Peter, do you want to go first?
1: Uh, I'll be happy to go first. So my experience for this album was very good. So obviously coming off Frank Sinatra uh, last, I want to say last week, but we record them bi-weekly, but uh, last fortnight, I guess. I was kind of hoping it would be a bit more upbeat and I had heard the first 30 seconds of it. So I was going in with um, actually pretty high expectations. I I was thinking 73 has always been a good year in music for me. Like it's just a lot of good things came out that year. So, um, I'm thinking, you know, a, more of a jazz funk. I'm not totally a jazz person, but the funk bit I can definitely get on board with. Long songs. I love it when there's long songs that just, it, it feels to me like there's always like a framework, but they improvise on top of it. So long songs are usually a um, good thing for me. And Getting into it, uh, Chameleon, which I might pronounce Chameleon at some point, which (laughs) I apologize for. I just, I learned bad habits from How I Met Your Mother. Chameleon is just a fantastic opening track. It, like, it it just sets up the album. It's just, like, gets you in the mood. And you kind of think, or at least I thought when I got to the end of Chameleon, that it can't get better than Chameleon, you know? Like, it's it just felt so, like, original and foundational almost, you know, like... Anything in addition was kind of, you know, unwarranted. So um, to get to the end of Chameleon and then bounce into Watermelon Man, which was just different and just just as good as Chameleon. I just, I couldn't believe it. So again, side two, uh, I, I'd say side one was my favorite, but side two is still very good. So um, Sly kind of comes in almost like not too upbeat, but um, after a while there's this like intense... Um, sort of period yeah. um, going on. Like there's a bit where the hi-hats are going are going mental. It's just
2: like, <laughs> like
1: just, you know, it, it, it feels like it's like a malfunction or something like that. But, um, sounds really good. And then Vein Melter, not my favorite track, but I, I do like it. I, I almost wish it was maybe like if you could swap Watermelon Man and Vein Melter, like in terms of both length and track order, I think to have like a longer watermelon, that would be nice. And, uh, also just to have vein melter in there in the middle, you know, yeah. that would be, um, I think it would do better, but, uh, yeah, I, I I've listened to it heaps. I've just, you know, I really love it. The, the thing it kind of is sitting in the back of my mind, which we can discuss maybe is that this one is his most popular. It goes more into the jazz fusion, the jazz funk sort of realm, which kind of brings it more into a public consciousness, you know, like more into uh, mainstream. I'm thinking like, I don't know, like maybe it's just me going, I don't want to be mainstream. But like, I don't know, like is it as simple as I'm not into jazz and the mainstream one is the one I like? Because I did listen to another one of his albums, the, um, the one you recommended, which I can't quite remember. had an odd name.
0: Either Empyrean Isles or That's Maiden Voyage. Empyrean, Empyrean Al- Isles. Yeah, Alves, I really yeah. like it.
1: That one I I did listen to and I couldn't really get into in the same way, like to listen to it uh, for a second time would have, I don't know, I I would have been forcing myself to. But this one, I legitimately, even if I wasn't recording the podcast, I would have listened to many, many times. So yeah, I'm very happy, but there is something in me that goes like, maybe I like jazz more than the, uh, sorry, maybe I like funk more than the jazz. I'm not sure. So it hasn't really solved my jazz problem. (laughs) But what I think I will do is I might listen to the other um, Headhunters albums at least. Yeah. And um, see how they go. So, yeah, overall, uh, fantastic experience.
0: Bara, what about you? How'd you enjoy the album? Mm, I have a bit more uh, mellow experience, I guess. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Do you recognize any other songs?
2: Yeah, like Watermelon Man is, uh, I think I told you that Cantaloupe Island was the first. Song that I ever played on the saxophone, but it was actually Watermelon Man. Oh, you can see why Revelation. I mixed yeah. uh, Cantaloupe and Watermelon Man. Mm. Yeah,
0: Cantaloupe Island but, is another song by Herbie Hancock from Empyrean Islands. Yeah, yeah, but, man, that's cool.
2: Yeah, so Watermelon Man is a very simple tune, but they they take it in a very groovy way. The first and second track were. What was the name of the first track? Chameleon. So that that was really enjoyable. It's a long track, right? It's kind of it's yeah. It's it's like
0: most of the <laughs> album,
2: 15 minutes and 40 it's like seconds. Double yeah. the length of
1: most of them, yeah. Yeah. It's like rages for 15 minutes. Yeah.
2: So. I I really enjoyed really good atmosphere and and good groove. Yeah. You know mm. the last two songs. I don't know, especially I think the fourth one, Vane Melter. I don't know. It was a bit too loud. I think. Okay, maybe it also kind of like depends on the timing of trying to listen to it because while the first two are just great playing in the background and uh and working or doing something else they they just got this groove that gets you yeah. get you working the last
0: one just i don't know I had really hard time concentrating with it, and I was kinda of waiting for it to be over with yeah the long one is a bit more specific in terms of style, it's a bit more demanding i I'd say because it, it it's It's quieter, it's more introspective, it's more brooding, it's more atmospheric, maybe almost droning a bit. And it doesn't work every time you listen to it, at least to me. I Mm. do like it, I do enjoy it, but not every time.
2: I I agree. It was a bit challenging having all these tracks in the same album. So I still haven't completely figured out what is the right
0: scenario to to listen to this to this album, it's like there are four songs, and each song takes it in a totally different direction, almost totally different direction. Yeah,
2: yeah. What you said about about Herbie wanting to experiment, I can really see
0: yeah. it in this album.
1: Just before you give your thoughts, on, um I, I did see something from Herbie that said he wanted to do a more um, like not thinking this would be the lighter sort of version of what he's done. I think it was a pretty light album for the most part. Like it was um, quite bright and. Um, Sort of like a day album almost. Yeah. Whereas the the Sinatra album was definitely a night night album. Mm, yeah. Um, which which uh, I didn't get to mention it, but the um, when I was listening to Sinatra, I was in like forty five degree heat for a lot of the time, and <laughs> it was quite <laughs> a, uh, averse to what I was um, actually feeling at the time. But um, this one was bang on. This one is great for summer. What did you think it on?
0: So as I've mentioned on the last album, when Peter you you introduced this. Uh... Topic for for the podcast. I already knew this album before we got to listen to it for the podcast. And here's how I got to listen to this album. When I was 21, when I was just released from the Israeli Defense Forces, there's there's this mandatory three year service. You're in the
1: defense. You're not captured yeah.
0: or anything. No, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. I always play defense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, uh, you know, after I did my three years in the in the service, I wasn't really doing much with, with myself because like after high school, you go to the army for three years and that kind of puts your life on hold. And then after three years, you know, suddenly you get to go home and not come back to the army again. And that was kind of a shock to me. I remember suddenly having time on my hands and trying to figure out, you know, like trying to remember what I like to do before my time in the army. Like what were my goals? What were my hobbies? So when I was released, I really didn't know what to do with myself, and basically all I did for a few months was play the guitars for a few hours, and then sit with my CD collection and listen to CDs. And I had this habit, once or twice a week, I would go to this local CD store to get new things to listen to. When I'd get to the store, I always started in the new rock and new metal album section. Uh, I'd usually get something I knew I would like, and I'd get a new album like something I never heard of to try. And then I'd go to the older rock section and try to find an artist with like a familiar name to listen to and you know and I always finished in the jazz and classical music section and every time I'd go to the to to the store I'd always live with like four or five albums and that was a period in my life where I really started to try and expand my horizons and try new stuff. Not, not necessarily obscure stuff, but just stuff that was new to me. And like, I got so many albums at that store and some of my favorite artists I got to know through that store. And mm-hmm. that includes Tom Waits and Nick Cave and Johnny Cash, AC DC and Judas Priest and Alice Cooper and Benny Goodman and you know a few Beethoven symphonies and the, the, the Hugh Laurie albums, which are some of my favorites. And if you remember when we listened to Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys at one of our very early episodes, I told you that I bought the album like years and years ago, but I never opened it. And that was, you know, from that store, from that time in my life. And I have a few more albums that I got back then, but I still didn't really listen to. Like, I think I have a Billie Holiday and a John Lee Hooker album. Mm. And one time I was there and I went over the, the jazz section and I saw the... Headhunter's album. And you know, the, the cover is eye-catching. It was immediately like interesting. It stood out in a second. And it was part of like this classic riverless or something. You know, classics riverless series or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I I I, I love the other albums in that series that I already had. So I got the CD and I listened to it on the way back home. And honestly, from from the first note, I, I enjoyed it from the the beginning. It's like you know, it's a fun listen from the second Chameleon starts. And I remember getting more out of it every time. It was really different than anything I'd listened to at this time. I was still just, you know, getting into jazz and stuff, or really just stepping for the first time outside of rock and metal stuff. So it was really different. And after that album, I started looking for more and more albums with, like, groove to them. You know, albums with a cool feeling. And Headhunters was with me for, for a fairly long while. Like, I used to keep... to a few albums in my car and every few days kind of swap some of the cities out and get new cities in and Headhunters was in my car for maybe a whole year I think. Uh, Wow. I don't think it works in every situation. Yeah, but like I wouldn't play it with anyone in the car but when I was driving alone it was always you know, something to put on and really enjoy and since then I went back to it every once in a while I listened to this album a, a couple of times every few months or so since then and Honestly, my experience with it now was really great. I was surprised at how this album still feels fresh to me. You know, after all these years, after all these listens, I, I listen to it all the time in the, in the last couple of weeks and it still feels as fresh to me. Um, I'm really happy with this album. I'm not going to say it's my favorite album. Something I, I'm a bit surprised of is that I haven't heard the other Headhunters album or I really didn't get into jazz funk fusion. But honestly, this album has a warm place in my heart. It's a cool story. It's Thank you. You know, based on my familiarity with this album, I still think this is an album that's best listened to while it's in the background. Well, I think the, I, I think the minimum is, is a background album.
2: But, uh, like, the question is whether you would enjoy having it in full focus.
0: I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I, I love the solos on this album, for example, but they're a bit monotonous, you know? They really take their time and they get mm. to where they're going very slowly. Like there's sometimes solos that take like three, four, five minutes mm. and they're not the type of solos that you can sit down and listen to them, you know, without doing anything like, what's a good example, the the, the Bohemian Rhapsody or, or Stairway to Heaven where you can just, or you just have to stop everything and just close your eyes and enjoy them. You know, they're mm. they're not those kind of solos. They're, they're slowly building up. They're slowly going to where they're going, you know? And, and mm. they do work for me Where while in their, they're in the background, but I'm not going to sit and just listen to them. And that's kind of how I feel towards... The, the the whole album. As much as I love it, I'll never just sit down and listen to it and do nothing in the meanwhile. I'll I'll drive and think about stuff, but I'll never just listen to this album doing nothing at all, you know?
1: I, I tend to agree. I I think I would reserve some occasions where I might listen to it, because I, I did do that for a few times and I and I do quite like just sitting down and listening to it. But I was playing some board games with um some friends and so I to put it on and whenever I put on songs, I'm out of disgust, but um, my friends just roll their eyes and they, <laughs> they, they hate it when I put on music because it's always like Bob Dylan and like, not even good Bob Dylan. Like, I like bad Bob Dylan. <laughs> 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 I like the, I like the rougher albums <laughs> and, and either that or like Led Zeppelin where it just sounds like people hitting pots and tins and stuff and, <laughs> you know, like just, you know, if you're not in the mood, like if you don't haven't listened to it before, the time to experience it for the first time is not usually when you're putting a third house on King Street. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's, it, it, you know, like these, these, these albums sort of take time to appreciate and I've done all that legwork and uh, my friends haven't. So, you know, it, it's kind of like jumping in for five minutes and watching like the end of Tenet or something like that and expecting people to enjoy it. Like I kind of understand. So... In reason, we have a safer bet putting on Gunna instead of this album. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Pushing Gunna, it. I'm sure, is going like, to, like, to get so many downloads, uh, you've got to have, like, everyone listening to it. Like, I just can't believe this other <laughs> humans that were listening to the same stuff we were hearing. <laughs> anyway, uh, but this one didn't get that reaction. Like, they they loved it because it was very good background music. And I think part of it is because they do linger on on themes, like, you know, with some with some sort of artist that like moves through modes very quick, and you can kind of like get through a song, and you go like, "What just happened?" Like it just hits you like a flash. Where well, this one, like he he likes to sort of stay on something and and work your way into it. You know what I mean? Like almost like a sport where like players don't expect to score in the first minute. You know, like you really just. The first minute of a soccer match is really just trying not to be overwhelmed by the other teams, like, speed and, and, and skill. It's really, like, the, you know, the next half an hour you're worried about. Whereas with the the hour, I kind of feel the same thing. It's like he's not trying to score the goal in the first minute. He's 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 happy to, like, take his time and, like, get you there. Yeah, they're
0: playing, like, that main theme from Chameleon for,
1: like, yeah. six
0: minutes to start the yeah. song. There
1: is absolutely no rush. And I, I really like that. So, yeah. Um, I forget what my original point was, but it, d- it definitely does go well, um, with like a dinner or like even a lunch would do pretty well. It definitely outside would be fine. I think if you had a decent speaker, cause it's not, it's still not like easy listening, like in terms of, it's not like a throwaway kind of party in the USA kind of stuff, but it's, it definitely could be heard without kind of critical attention. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I still wanna reserve a small space there just to listen to it on a nice pair of headphones and sit down and stuff. But
0: Yeah, it makes sense.
1: Yeah, as as background music, I think it appeals to a lot of people.
0: When I listen to instrumental music, usually I expect it to kinda, you know, tell a story and go places, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And 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 here on this album, its song is mostly staying in the same kind of area. Like like we mentioned with chameleon that takes like 6 minutes to get past the first the, the main theme and then it gets back to it near the end or most of the song i think they're playing the 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 main theme and with like watermelon man it takes them a while to get into the song and then they're not really going to too many places with it you know it's not mm. there it's kind of like sitting on the porch and like enjoying the yeah. weather in a way mm. but in, in a cool way you know <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> and definitely. you know i keep expecting it to kind of be boring, you know, when when I think Mm. about the album and I know that these songs don't go to to distant places but it totally works for me you know, it's as if they're making the most out of that theme and it's
1: it's really fun. Like some artists I find you notice if it's an instrumental, which this this is maybe one of my dumbest points ever (laughs) but like sometimes sometimes you don't notice it's an instrumental, like you listen to the song all the way through and then you think, did that one have words? Like, you just can't remember. It's just such a nice song and it doesn't need the words, so it doesn't feel like anything's missing. You don't have the feeling of, like, a missing kind of element. Yeah. Whereas, like, some songs, particularly with artists that don't do instrumentals very often, it's like, oh, this one's the instrumental one. Even on Pet Sounds, I feel like we kind of had that um, feeling because I had uh, maybe one or two instrumentals and I definitely felt it was an instrumental. It, It took on a different vibe, you know what i mean? It, it felt like it was had to be an instrumental. Yeah, well it was like a break almost, you know, from the other songs. Whereas this one, the whole album, it didn't just it didn't give me the instrumental feeling. It, it just felt like a regular regular album to me.
0: That's interesting. I, I even these past couple of weeks, every time i finished listening to the album, i was like, "Wait a minute, did that last song have lyrics
1: or yeah, no?" Cuz it I'm, does I'm feel sure. like it speaks in some ways, but um it is an odd feeling,
0: Barrio. Let me ask you this: You, you listen to a lot of you, at least when you grew up, you used to listen to a lot of jazz, and this obviously has jazz roots along with all the the, the funk fusion stuff. But I keep thinking of of jazz as like having this really clean sound, really elegant sound, and this, you know, with a, a bunch of solos played by synthesizers, which had much sharper sounds. How how do you like the sound on the album, Barrio?
2: Like sometimes it was a bit too dirty or a bit too electronic to my to my ear but there were still some enjoyable parts most of it was enjoyable right because the groove it had a sound a groovy sound so
1: yeah i thought the sound was just fantastic to be honest that was actually one of the highlights for me the individual instruments like there was no guitar on it which would usually be a missing element for me but i, I you don't notice i guess what did they replace the guitar with it was kind of like a clavinet or something like that the bit that the guitar would usually do yeah it's a um, clavinet
0: it's electrically amplified clavichord Hmm.
1: (laughs) that that just sounded fantastic uh i loved the drums the whole way through the drums sounded good very natural sounding particular highlight was probably on the song sly yeah drums just sounded uh fantastic as i said the hi-hats on that just just amazing The one of my favourite sounds was on the track Watermelon Man. The um, I'm not sure what you'd call it. The whatever like the that sort of sound. The bass line was it? I'm not sure. Maybe no no no. Actually, I think I'm getting mixed up. It was definitely a, uh, a horn sort of sound, and it just had this low sort of air. Sound um, where it hmm. just sounded like it, kind of very relaxed. Yeah, I d- I'm not sure how to describe it to be honest. I kind of,
0: I kind of agree with both of you because, like, I do think that, like, you know, the the drums and the bass on this album are very dry, very punchy, very precise. You know, they the, they sound great, and I loved the saxophones and stuff. But there was something about the synth that was sometimes a bit annoying. Like, it's not a big deal, mm. but there are specific moments where. There are sounds I'm not a huge fan of. Mm. I said it before, like I'm not a huge, I'm not huge in synthesized sounds. These are synths from 1973, so fairly old ones. And mm. some of the sounds are a bit jarring and dissonant at times. Like there's a bit in Chameleon, there's a solo that goes really high and yeah. stays there for a while. I do and know, I can't yeah. say I love that sound. It, it doesn't bother me every time I listen to it. I'm not saying that when I'm listening to the album, I notice all those sounds that are not perfect to me. And I'm not bothered by them because I've listened to this album enough to be past that. But mm-hmm. it's something to mention. It's not like the, the, the best sound I've ever heard, you know? Yeah.
1: So in addition to all my compliments, I'd say probably that solo you're talking about on Chameleon. There's a few bits in Chameleon, which are a bit too high uh, for bit. me, to be honest. Um, but yeah, besides that, honestly, I just love the sound.
0: I kind of, you know, as we usually do when we talk about music, I kind of wanted to ask you about your favorite tracks on the album. Mm. But, like, you know, usually when I come up with my favorite track, uh, I, I come up with one and one or two more honorable mentions. And mm-hmm. on this album, it covers three quarters of the album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But still, was there one that kind of stood out to you or one that you... I I, I You know what? Let's get this out of the way. I think we all yeah. mentioned... Vein Melter is like our least favorite track.
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. Vein Melter is my least favorite. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the start of Sly, but that would just start, like everything else was great. So, yeah, uh, but Vein Melter never really melted my veins at all. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know, it just didn't have enough in it for a nine minute song to me.
0: I do listen to it and I enjoy it every once in a while, but usually... I just don't notice it, you know, it just goes by without really uh-huh. me noticing yeah. it. But if you had to choose between Chameleon, Sly, and Watermelon Man, what would you choose as your favorite? I'm going to go with Watermelon Man. I'll join on that. What about you, Anand? Um, easily, Watermelon Man. I love oh, Sly, easy. I love Chameleon, but yeah, I don't oh, know. Easy this to one... say that
1: now, easily. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm telling you, after the Bjork episode, I'm just going to agree
1: with everything you guys say. <laughs> this is the first time we're all united on both our least and most favorite.
0: Yeah. Every time it starts with those beer bottle whistles and stuff, it, mm. I kind of expect a weak song. But I keep reminding myself, you'll love this bit. It, it's it's it's, mm. it's going to get much better. And once the bass and drums kick in, it's it's such a cool song. Mm. It's so much fun. And you know the fact that it's short maybe I think kind of helps it, kind of, you know, gives it the, the last nudge it needed because, mm-hmm. you know, I love Chameleon. I love Sly. They both have some really high peaks, but the climb there is longer, you know? The the, the songs mm-hmm. are longer, so the peaks are relatively few and far between in comparison. And here, once the bass
1: and, and, and the drums kick in, it's just a cool song all the way through. I love it, yeah, it took me a little bit longer. Chameleon, I got straight away, but this one few listens in, then I really started to appreciate it.
0: yeah, chameleon is much catchier,
1: yeah, the chameleon is much catchier in fact, watermelon Man sometimes falls into the bucket for me of I can't quite remember how it goes until I yeah. listen to it, and that's usually a bad sign, but honestly, it just made it more refreshing when I heard it, so I love it
0: i think i I mentioned it before I said, and you know, as much as I've loved this album, I never listened to any other. Headhunter albums like the mm. the Herbie Hancock and, and mm. the Headhunter albums, and I never really became a huge jazz funk fusion listener. And Peter, you said you might give those other albums a go. I'm right? definitely
1: going to give the Headhunters albums a go. Yeah, they also do a live version of I think it's um maybe Chameleon or Watermelon mm. Man. They do one like live in Japan in 1990, so I'm going to try to find a few more live. Uh, sorry, 1975. <laughs> And it's Watermelon Man. So um, I think there's a double LP called Flood released in 1975, uh, which I definitely want to listen to because I'd love to hear yeah. a few more of his songs live because live takes on a different element. Yeah, yeah that reminds sounds me of interesting. A Bob Dylan live album called Before the Flood. I think that was also around 75. Just just an anecdote of, of uh, when I was playing board games with my friend, I, I, I'd always listen to um, Sly, and Sly actually I didn't really get, it was right down there in the doldrums with um, with Vein Melter uh, in, my, in my sort of rankings, and um, we, we were just playing um, a game called maybe Decryptor, or, or Decipher, I always forget the name of the, the game and we were at a really critical part of the game, and it was um, just very intense, you know, like it was all, all the elements were aligning such that you know, every move we made was critical and just, it, you know, it was really intense. And then the bit kicks in in Sly where there's like the very fast drum beat and just everything's going at a really quick pace. And it like, it just hit at the right moment. And we all just felt this wave of like intensity wash over us, or at least I did. And I just felt so <laughs> like, it just it felt comical, actually. It felt just ridiculously comical. Because we were just having a nice time. It was an intense moment. And then the song comes on and ev- all the focus, like everything goes away. And it's just it's just him looking at the card and it's just like, dun, 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 t-t-dun, dun, dun, t-t-dun, dun, t-t-dun. you know, it's just it felt like we we're starting to sweat. Yeah. It was an in- incredible <laughs> moment and incredible timing. Because you wouldn't have got that same thing with Chameleon or Vein yeah. or Melter or something like that, which is very chill. But Sly, like, I don't know, it gave me more appreciation for the song because... Before, I was like, oh, yep, fast song, you know, just before the slow song. And then after listening to it, I don't know, like it now every time I listen to it, it feels more of a themed song, you know, like a rushed, busy and like a lot going on and stuff like that. It feels like, um, I don't know, more interesting to me. Well, as I said at the start, um, I've, I've mellowed down since, but I, I, I did have a fantastic time with this album something i like uh, i mean i change i change my criteria for what fits in the quag every single time <laughs> and my general consensus now is that i just vote for things i like <laughs> but there does feel like something foundational about it. like it feels like if you wanted to get into jazz or funk knowing that this is like one of the most popular of this genre feels appropriate you know what i mean like i I don't know if I will find anything more appropriate for this small subsection, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. we're getting, we're getting specific jazz funk, you know what I mean? It is a South South westerly kind of direction, you know? So let's think if there is anything else, like we may not hit it for a long time. So I'm kind of thinking this actually could just be a very good starting point. And I know Anon you like it already, but this is something that I hit for the first time and I feel like almost an ambassador the album. I I feel like, Hmm. you know, if anyone's asking me for jazz or something like that, I just say, don't worry about jazz, mate. Just listen to this one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just pushing people past the jazz door straight into the, uh, you know, Chameleon door. But um, so, yeah, I I definitely feel like, you know, a bit of an ambassador for it. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I'm just pushing P here, guys. so. (laughs) (laughs) So... For me, other than listening to this album,
0: these past two weeks were kind of an experiment in in doing something for the podcast that I already knew. Like, we usually choose stuff none of us knows, or at least doesn't know very well. And I've listened to this album many times before this. I was planning to spend more time than usual reading about the album and about the artists, and I'm sorry to say that I had a few kind of busy weeks recently, and that didn't happen as much as I would have liked, but, like I mentioned, I really had a lot of time with this album in the last couple of weeks. Really surprised at how fresh this album still feels after all this time. And I got to introduce it to a few friends recently, which, you know, mm. was fun. So I'm really glad we've done this, even despite the fact that I feel like I got less out of this experience than I usually would with a podcast. But still, awesome album. It's, it's, I'm really happy to go back to it every time.
1: Nice.
0: So, as we do at the end of it, step of our quest. We're going to take a vote that will decide whether or not Headhunters has a place in the Culture Quest Essentials Guide, a.k.a. The Quick. We will vote with a gentlemanly tip of the hat for yay or an ominous stroke of the mustache for nay. And the vote must be unanimous in order for it to pass. I wouldn't mind voting first on this one. Sure, go ahead. I've had so many good experiences with it, much like Peter said when everyone asks me for... You know, a new album to listen to, something to get into jazz or older music with. This is an album I recommend fairly often. So you know, I'm kind of skewed with this one because this is an album I've listened to for years and years. But this is an easy tip
1: of the hat for me. I think Barry should go next. Okay, Barry. We're going to avoid <laughs> conflict resolution here.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll be ominously stroking my mustache.
1: Sorry, man. I think that's fair. Yeah.
2: Like again, like if I'm looking at other Quag stuff, I don't really think that it's there.
1: Uh, I I'm just happy to put my name down for um, tipping my hat. Really loved it. So um, just glad we did it.
2: So I'm the buzzkill. Oh, crap,
1: <laughs> you are. Mm-hmm. But I generously said to go second because it looks much worse if you go third <laughs> because you've really yeah, yeah. you know it, it somehow somehow like the ethical. Books look worse if you're kind of <laughs> going up against two yeses. You know, if if it's a yeah. yes, a yes, and a no, yeah. it looks much worse than a yes a no and a yes for some reason.
0: And you also, know. everyone has to spoil something sometimes. It just has to happen. So yeah.
2: So what we'll do next in the podcast is a video game. We'll be taking Superliminal, which is. A relatively short game.
0: Yeah, according to how long to beat, it's like a two and a half hours game. Yeah. So that's... I'm I'm sure I've made this joke before, but for Peter, that's like five hours.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a game from 2019. It's a surreal puzzle video game uh, where items that you interact with change their size according to the perspective that you hold them in. So it's supposed to be something really interesting regarding... Kind of like the the physics engine, and I think it will be really interesting i I also wonder if it will have some sort of a twist uh, regarding the plot or something like that, which I really know nothing yeah, about
0: it looks like a game that heavily relies on its puzzles, so I'm wondering about the yeah. story at all.
2: I hope it will be fun a puzzle game, even if it has nothing else to add.
0: I know I'm looking at the how long to beat the game is, and the main story is two and a half hours, but if you're like a completionist and you want to get all the achievements and everything, it's a nine and a half hours game. So Oof. there's there's meat on the bone, you know, if you mm. want to dig deeper a bit. Um, I've heard a lot about this game. It's supposed to be really fun, really
1: trippy, you know, mm. because all the puzzles are based on, like, perception and stuff. I feel like I might be okay at this game. I've been reading <laughs> a bit of, like, physics stuff recently, like, you know, light <laughs> and, like, magnetism and stuff. I don't know. I feel like I could maybe figure it out. You know? i sure you could. We're living you. It feels very like Einstein, relativity, you know, like perspective and stuff. <laughs> so
0: Yeah. On Metacritic, its score by reviewers is just around seventy-five. That's not too bad. But if you look by by users, it's I think it was like ninety-eight or something. Uh, <laughs> so eight? or ninety-five. Yeah. So like maybe the reviewers don't love this game, but the users really love it. Like there's a uh. bunch of Of uh, great reviews by users. And usually I trust those more. Mm. So, thank you, Peter. Thank you, Barrio, for staying true to our goal. And thank you, the listeners at home, for helping us along the latest stage of our quest. We hope that you join us again next episode, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. See ya. Bye bye. The Culture Quest podcast is brought to you by no one in particular. The best way to support us and help us grow is to tell your friends and family about us and to direct them at episodes that they might find interesting we might start a patreon page at some point that way we'll be able to do some cool stuff with people who decide to actively support us such as you'll be able to join our discord channel and discuss the albums movies books we're doing before we record each episode you'll be able to suggest and to vote on the subjects that we do we can maybe do listening parties with the albums we've covered and who knows what else Uh, if you think you might be interested in something like that or you want to contact us about anything else, drop us a line. You can find all the ways to contact us on our website,
1: culturequestpodcast.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to bring to everyone's attention all those people that are currently stuck without their phone and are forced to continue listening to this unless they pause it and then have to contemplate, you know, the state of their life and other things. So, you'll probably just continue listening. I just wanted to give a bit of a shout out to a um, a website, actually. It's called givewell.org. So, that's give, G-I-V-E, well, W-E double l dot org so it's it's a dot org so it's it's legit and um basically they're the authority on who is worth giving money to in terms of charity so obviously we'll give money to friends and family if they fall on hard times but if you are thinking about giving large sums of money to um, charities it's definitely best to do your research because A lot of people just give away money and want to feel good, but it's also good to think of it as an investment and how you can do the most good. So, it's not asking you to give away more money, but it's asking you to give the money away in a responsible way. And um, basically, they've just authorised eight charities. So, out of all the, I want to say hundreds of thousands of charities, might be a bit lower, but they've authorised only eight. And I think it's really good to just scan through the list and um, see if you can consider donating to these charities. So um, I think that would be good if we can all sort of band together during these tough times. At the moment, it's COVID, but you know, that will change and we're all going to need to support everyone. So this is probably one of the best evidence-based ways to do that. So yeah, so definitely hop on to givewell.org if you're considering, and hopefully those charities are like tax deductible or something in your country, which would be in your best interest. So anyway, this is not formal advice but it's just good place to go thank you